Could some other NFL teams have interest in Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson? What might that look like as various league executives apparently think he can still play effective football? We'll break that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What the Denver Broncos do with quarterback Russell Wilson is the biggest headline and story for this team as the offseason commences. A lot of unknowns here, but there could be some clarity on the way. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So do us a favor, subscribe or follow so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite team all throughout the entire offseason. We'll have you covered. I'm Cody Work, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Sarah, Obviously, the offseason brings a lot of rumblings, a lot of speculation, but ESPN's Jeremy Fowler had an interesting piece that went up on ESPN. It's behind a paywall, unfortunately, for those that don't have ESPN+, Plus, but had a lot of good nuggets of information in there from talking to various executives around the National Football League, and the overall consensus is that a good portion of executives still believe that Russell Wilson can be an effective quarterback in the NFL. How might this impact the Broncos' approach to the whole situation, whether they release him? or whether or not they could potentially trade him, and would a team be interested in trading for him? Well, it was all-encompassing in that article, like you mentioned, Cody, and certainly there were executives that believe Russell is, you know, and I don't want to give away, I guess, everything in the article. I know Jeremy Fowler works really hard over there, but we are going to discuss kind of some of the general ideas of what he talked about, which is that a lot of executives or a number of executives that he dis- that he talked to believe that Russ is somewhere in that middle tier or like the upper half of the bottom tier of starting quarterbacks still really solid, right? Because as the article pointed out, there was guys like, you know, Sam Howell and other quarterbacks around the league that got replaced over the course of the season. Like I think the general consensus from what he was saying is that teams don't necessarily view Russell Wilson in that category. Whereas Russell was benched like a number of other quarterbacks around the league, but He's not necessarily viewed in that light. Still believe that you can win with him as a starter, as the Broncos, quite frankly, proved this past season. But the the issue here is that I think the overarching sentiment that I got from the article, Cody, is that really the executives around the league are not buying this uh, open door that the Broncos seem to have for Russell Wilson coming back to the team in 2024. I think a lot of these executives around the NFL believe that Russell is gone in 2024 and that the Broncos will ultimately have to make him a post June 1st cap casualty, which basically means that they split this $85 million dead cap hit over two years instead of one. So instead of taking on 85 million in 2024, the Broncos will split that up between these next two or two seasons really, and eat that charge while saving the 37 million in cash for 2025, which is really the crux of this whole thing, isn't it? Because the Broncos didn't necessarily (laughs) want to pay that a year in advance. And they asked Russell Wilson to push that deadline back a year, which was also information put in that piece by Jeremy Fowler. 
And I think, Cody, that's a fair thing to ask based on performance. I yeah. know that there's been a lot of debate and, and you know, uh, arguments on Twitter, a lot of divisiveness over this was a strictly a financial decision or no, this was strictly a football decision. I think the truth is really somewhere in the middle here on Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you're going to get a lot of questions as well. You know, if Russ is tagged with a post June 1st designation in terms of a release, I think some people are going to ask the question, does that mean that he will still be on the roster until June 1st? Or does that go ineffective, you know, when that dead deadline necessarily comes up or when that date comes up? Like, how does that work? And if it was the latter, because I know some people are wondering, well, if it's a post June 1st designation, does Russell Wilson have to wait till after June 1st to find a new team? I think that's an interesting question to throw out as well. It is an interesting question, and it's a great one because, no, the Broncos can slap that designation on it. It just means that the cap implications don't take effect until after June 1st, right? So basically, he he would be a free agent immediately while the Broncos would have to kind of just kick the can down the road a few months in, in terms of taking that dead cap hit, right? So Ooh, Russell tough. Wilson's contract, I think, would be kind of effectively affecting the 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 team's overall salary cap. But the trade idea that you mentioned is another thing that's like, I, I think Jeremy Fowler kind of just said, hey, like, here's the the idea. Let's kind of just wipe wipe it off the board right now because he talked about the Broncos paying draft picks to like a Brock Osweiler, Cleveland Brown situation where, hey, we'll give you draft picks if you take the majority of the money. But I don't think this is about money for the Broncos, no. really, Cody, other than the $37 million committing to him in 2025. I mean, that's just a lot of money over two years to pay a guy that's not going to be on your team potentially. So it's different when we're talking about, hey, we'll trade him to you and give you draft picks if you take some money off of off the deal. That's not, I don't think, where the Broncos' motivation is right now. They want to collect draft picks and not give them up. Yeah, that's something that George Payton and Sean Payton have said. Like they they value having the draft picks. And George really reiterated that in his end of the year press conference. And I also want to go back to what CEO Greg Penner had said as well. He said this decision, whatever happens with Russ, it's not a financial decision. This is a decision that's going to be made based on what's in the best interest of the on-field product and the Denver Broncos winning football games. So I do think that in a situation like this, Denver's going to have the financial support of Rob Walton, no matter what. Like that's going to be something that is going to be there. I don't think it would be wise to like if a team were interested in trading for us, I don't think giving them picks to also take on that money is a good idea because Denver needs those picks and they're going to need those picks to build. As George Payton said, we want to draft and develop guys and you do that in the NFL draft. This is going to be a very important year. Obviously, Denver's going to have a first round pick for the first time in the last couple of years at no second round pick. They're going to have a third. We don't know if that's going to be theirs or if it's going to be, I think it's what is it? The saints third. We're trying to figure out if that's going to be the case. So there's a lot really riding on this off season. And from a financial standpoint, Denver can navigate it. I'm very curious to see how they do that. But if they do, obviously it looks like the plan for the team is to move on from Russell Wilson. And that's very evident at this point, even though Russ has said he'd like to return, doesn't look like that's going to happen here, which now begs the question, what would Denver do at the quarterback position? I think budget friendly would probably be in the mix there. Is that a veteran guy for one year, like a stopgap? Is Denver in a position where that's going to be something that gets them over the hump? It's going to be contingent upon what Sean Payton feels like he needs best. Don't know if that's going to be Jarrett Stidham as the starter, though. I don't think that's going to be the case. You and I have both been on the record here on this podcast saying, well, if Denver's going to move on from Russ, the best budget-friendly option is going to be drafting a rookie and being able to see if that guy can play right away. And so I think that's something we have to keep our eye on here for the Broncos as the offseason continues on. And when there's more information, obviously have you covered here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. But Broncos country, there is some NFL football this week. And unfortunately, the Broncos will not be playing, but... 
We're going to share our thoughts on the AFC division around. You're going to get that here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors, they have you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Today's Lockdown Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here. You have the division around here this weekend with four games. Two on the AFC, two on the NFC, with the stakes being very, very high in terms of advancement. To We talk about the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, and then the eventual Super Bowl competitors there. It is a gauntlet here for the NFL playoffs, and FanDuel is the best way to get on the action with America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, they get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. If you sign up as a new customer and you place a $5 bet, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Whether your bet wins or whether it loses, you can get in on the action on FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Their app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays for all the action during Divisional Weekend. You can get involved anytime, touchdown scores, who's going to score the next touchdown. They have all that action inside the app, and you can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub to find the most popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. It's the NFL's version of the Elite Eight this weekend, and we are going to break down both conferences. What does the what did the Bills got to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, get them out of the mix there? And on the NFC side of things, we're going to take a look at that. Maybe uh, another upset in the makings this coming weekend here. But before we get any further into these predictions, want to say thank you and give a shout out to all of you that make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Cody and I appreciate you so much for making this show what it is and for being part of our everyday as well. And you know that you can find the show free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as watching the show on YouTube as well. And we encourage you to do that. If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the show, like, comment, share. We appreciate every single one of you that interacts and engages with the show every single day. Thank you so much, Broncos country. And Cody, the AFC divisional Round. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills for what feels like the hundredth time in the NFL postseason. But finally, this game is going to be played in Buffalo, right? The Kansas City Chiefs have been too dominant in the regular season in recent years to to have to you know have the the inconvenience of going on the road in the playoffs. But now they're going to Buffalo this weekend. Obviously, these two teams are used to playing in the cold, so it's nothing like that. But I think playing in front of the home crowd could be a big advantage for Buffalo in this matchup. Yeah, and look, both these teams are accustomed to the cold. I don't know exactly what the forecast is going to be. We know that last week it was bad enough in Buffalo. They had to postpone the game until Monday against the Steelers. I think the Chiefs have a little bit of rest advantage, knowing that, hey, like we played already and we didn't have to necessarily 
play on a Monday and then have a short turnaround here. But the Bills are playing really good football right now. And defensively, I'm very interested to see how things go. I know their one linebacker, uh, Bernard, I saw him get rolled up. He got carted off in that game against the Steelers, but they, they're they calling it a high ankle sprain. So that's obviously a good sign for him. We'll see if he's going to be able to play. Obviously, they've dealt with a lot of loss this year. Obviously, losing, uh, you know, with Tredavious White at one point of the season, losing Matt Milano to a very serious injury. But they've also still been able to find a way, which, look, I, I think with the way that the Buffalo Bills are playing right now, it's crazy to think that the Broncos went into Buffalo Monday Night Football and beat them the way that they did and were able to because the conversation, like after that Broncos-Bills game, I remember seeing on social media, everyone's like, yeah, now we can finally put the, the Broncos should have drafted Josh Allen thing to bed. And then all of a sudden, now that they've gone a little bit of run, we see them winning the playoffs. I'm now starting to see, and we even had a couple comments on our YouTube about the Broncos messed up by not drafting Josh Allen. Folks, it is 2024. Can we please move on from that? It didn't happen. It maybe should have happened. Would it have been successful? We don't know, but let's move on. That narrative is so drawn out and overplayed at this point. But I think one thing is very guaranteed here for Broncos country. Everybody is rooting for the Bills this weekend. I, I'm going to pick the Bills here. I think Josh Allen, the way that he's playing right now, he's locked in. Can't be doing some of those YOLO balls that he does. I'm very interested to see the matchup between Legereus Sneed and Stephon Diggs. How that matchup goes, I think, will determine a little bit of maybe how this game will end up here. And ultimately, I think that the Bills' defense, where they're at, despite some of their ups and downs this season, if the Chiefs' offense continues to play a little too fancy or lack of days go in the way that they have been, they haven't had the best year either, I think the Bills could actually run wild all over the Chiefs in this weekend's game. How do you see it going out, and what's your pick? I really like the Bills as well, Cody. I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again. They haven't lost since that game against the Denver Broncos, which is kind of crazy to think. I mean, they went from being like knocked out of the playoff race in many people's eyes to being the second seed in the AFC. Just kind of crazy what can happen if you just win games at the end of the season. But I think Buffalo's on too much of a heater right now to to lose to the Chiefs. I kind of feel like, you know, I've mentioned the, the Lions kind of being a team of destiny, so to speak, on the NFC side. I kind of feel like the Bills are on that same track right now in the AFC. And of course, all good things must come to an end at some point, but maybe the for the Bills, that won't be until after the Super Bowl. Maybe it'll be next year, right? So I don't know. I just feel like there's something about that Buffalo team. Like you talk about YOLO balls on Josh Allen's side. How about Pat Mahomes? I mean, he's kind of been doing that a lot this year as well. So it might be the YOLO bowl here in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, but I'm really interested by the other AFC matchup as well. Feel like, we're all anticipating the the Houston Texans. I, I've used this analogy before as well. The clock striking midnight, so to speak. They're going to Baltimore, historically one of the hardest places to go and get a victory. But, I mean, C.J. Stroud's playing extremely well. You just can't help but wonder. Baltimore, if they get full strength, if Mark Andrews comes back, like, do they just have too many weapons, too much experience in these type of games? Where do you see this Baltimore-Houston game going? Uh, this is, in my opinion, probably going to be the most entertaining game of the week. I think the the most watch when you look at Lamar and CJ from a passing standpoint, very similar in terms of production. I think Lamar has one more passing touchdown than CJ. Obviously, the dynamic with Lamar with his legs on the ground. I mean, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, was playing like the MVP candidate. And I, I feel like he probably is going to win the MVP. I know it's debated right now between Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, him. I just feel like Lamar with what he was able to do at the end stretch of the season for Baltimore, I think it was pretty dang impressive, including how they just absolutely ransacked the entire Miami Dolphins defense there. And Lamar put up 
unbelievable numbers there. But for me, you mentioned Mark Andrews coming back. He was a full participant so far this week in practice. All signs appear. He's going to be back. That's one of Lamar's most reliable targets. Now you factor in Mark Andrews fully healthy. You factor in Rashad Bateman in terms of what he's been able to do. God, it's hard to imagine maybe the the Ravens let it, you know, having an egg here. However, I will throw this out there. Sarah, I have always been against the first round buy, right? I think that's been a curse. Like we've seen it with the Broncos. Denver had a first round buy going to that game against the Ravens all the way back when Joe Flacco had the miracle at mile high. I think that having that week off is good to get guys back healthy, but not playing a game, I think, against a team that you're going to be that has played a game in the wild card round. They're more battle ready. They haven't had a break. I think that's where you see some imbalance. And if you come out flat, I think that's where it can hurt you here. I, I've got the Ravens winning this game. I think it's going to be an exciting shootout type of game here. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Texans play spoils here and upset of the first seed, which we've seen happen the last couple of years in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely possible, right? Anything is possible in the playoffs. That's what I always say. I mean, people talk about, you know, when the Broncos were going on their run, they're like, hey, who cares if they even get in the playoffs? They're just going to get rocked right away. It's like, well, you just never know what can happen when you get to the dance. I mean, weird things can happen in the playoffs. And so, and I don't think the Texans are so bad that we should be thinking like, well, hey, I mean, it's, you know, a snowball's chance that they're going to go win against the Baltimore Ravens. They've, they've got a good team. CJ Stroud is playing extremely well, but I just view Baltimore as being too too well oiled of a machine. But I do agree with you, Cody, as far as that bye week kind of being a hindrance, especially because a lot of teams rested starters in the final week, which we'll talk about with the San Francisco 49ers as well, basically having two full weeks off for their starters. But I, I think it for Baltimore, I view them as the clear favorite in this game. I think Houston could keep it interesting for three quarters, but I'm sticking with Baltimore as my final prediction for this one. Not a bad way to go. And look, we're going to dive deep into our NFC divisional playoff matchups, previews, predictions. We want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think is going to win between the Chiefs and the Bills, the Texans and the Ravens? If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, you can always tweet us at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benninger. We'll dive deep into the NFC divisional matchups here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked On Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks, and Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done the right way. Price Picks, they are the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less in their projected stats, and then you place your entry. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So testing my skills on Price Picks this football season, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. So make sure you check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100 today. As we jump into the fourth quarter action here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos will preview the NFC divisional matchups here this weekend. A lot of interesting ties to the Broncos in a sense. We'll find a way to piece it all together here, but we want to say thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Every single day you can get Lockdown Broncos for free on YouTube or wherever 
you get your podcast. A special shout out to all the everydayers out there. We have nothing but nonstop content coming your way. Even though that the off season is here, it can be a slow time, especially when there's not a lot of news, but there's a lot of things that we can speculate. We can talk about, we can analyze every angle. And that is our promise to you here every single day, all year long, because for the true fan, there is never an off season. Sarah, let's dive into these NFC divisional matchups. And obviously you look at where these teams are at the lions coming off of a dramatic win, their first playoff win in, in forever this past week against the LA Rams, the Buccaneers upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles and really taking it to them. The Packers upsetting the Cowboys and there not being any changes at the head coaching spot. That's very interesting. I know you put an article out there, predominantly orange.com talking about how the Cowboys kind of made the mistake of not doing what the Broncos did after they were in the Super Bowl with John Fox and obviously making that decision to part ways after they lost in the divisional round of the playoffs to the Indianapolis Colts in 2014. Very interesting ties there. And then, as you mentioned, the 49ers well-rested at this point, looked like a well-oiled machine. So many different Broncos components and people on that staff with Brian Greasy, Kyle Shanahan, obviously the son of Mike Shannon. There's just so many Broncos ties in this week's NFC Divisional Playoffs. But let's start off with the Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. I I don't know what to expect in this game because the Bucs are a team that I don't think a lot of people had them beating the Eagles, right? I did. I mean, we went on and we talked about it. But I feel like for where the Buccaneers are at, they're one of those dangerous teams that they made it into the wild card. They beat a team that, you know, to be honest with you, not a lot of people thought that they would beat. And now they're in a position to where they're going to be taking on a team that you've deemed as well as one of those teams of destiny. The Lions playing really good football right now. Jared Goff playing unbelievable. Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff. I mean, I don't know how this game's going to go here. I mean, I, I'm going to give you my pick. I think that the Lions are going to win, but this is also one of those games that I have no idea how things are going to go because I think the Buccaneers are a little unpredictable considering the spot that they're in here. How do you feel about this game overall heading into the matchup? It's it's really fascinating, isn't it? It's kind of like the uh, the Gilligan's Island of the NFL playoffs. A couple of cast off <laughs> former number one overall picks, uh, and you even got the Buccaneers. You got the you know the ocean dwellers there. I, I mean, it, Cody, I love this matchup. Honestly, I think that the way Detroit is playing offensively right now, so many different weapons combined with the way that the Buccaneers are playing defensively right now, it, it's going to make for you know. I don't know exactly what we're in for. If we're in for a shootout, if we're in for a low scoring game, I think that's what makes this game so intriguing to me is that you could see it going both ways. And and the Buccaneers and, and Lions have both played in games like that this year, like that Lions game against Dallas a couple of weeks back, a low scoring matchup in a game that could have easily been a shootout. But we've seen both of these teams kind of, you know, do ha- have a couple different identities throughout the year. And I'm just going to be fascinated to see how does Jared Goff play against this Tampa Bay defense, which is playing extremely well right now? Just ask Jalen Hurts. Just ask the last handful of opponents the Bucs have played. But I think both of these teams have shown throughout the year like they're susceptible in certain ways. So which guy is going to show up for the Bucs? Is it going to be the Baker that, you know, everybody's, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Browns and Rams and all, all these teams let him go. I can't believe the Panthers messed it up so bad. Or are you going to get the, you know, which version of but that's what I'm asking. Which version of these guys are we going to get right in this game? So I'm fascinated. I think that as much as I say the Lions could be the team of destiny, Cody, I mean, I just can't help but wonder, is that, it, say, defense wins championships, is that Bucks defense going to go into Detroit and make a statement and get to the NFC championship game? 
it would be one of the wildest things to happen if that were the situation here. And look, I think the dynamic here, what we have to keep an eye on, David Montgomery and obviously Jameer Gibbs, the, the one-two punch that you have there in Detroit in terms of how they run the football. We know Goff has been, I mean, he's been so efficient. We even saw it in the Broncos game. I mean, what, five touchdowns and he barely even broke a sweat against Denver's defense. Like that to me was just one of the more uh, mind-blowing statistics that happened to the Broncos this year outside of them giving up 70 points to the Dolphins in totality there. But for me, is it going to be the Baker Mayfield that woke up feeling dangerous or is it going to be the insurance like hanging out inside the stadium commercial Baker Mayfield? Is that the guy that's going to show up against the Lions. We don't know, but we know one thing is for certain that Lions fan base is jacked up. They are fired up. This is a big moment for them. It's really cool to see. And like, I think like a moment last week, seeing the Lions fans in the stands that have been longtime supporters, there was like a 66 year old, like 60, he's had season tickets for 66 years. And the reality is like, that was the first playoff when they've seen in a long time, seeing the fans crying. Like that's, that's why we love sports, man. Like that is an emotional moment. I think there's just a lot of momentum right now on the side of the Detroit Lions. I think that the Lions are going to win this one, but I think you make some interesting points about the Buccaneers. They could also be a team that comes in and shocks the world in a sense. We've seen it happen before in the NFL playoffs. Now, the final game I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in seeing is the Green Bay Packers traveling on the road to take on the 49ers. And the last time I think that happened, the 49ers absolutely walloped the Packers. But that's when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback in the playoffs. I remember that game specifically. I think this is the best 49ers team we've seen in the last handful of years. Right. And that one team that walloped the Packers, they went on to the Super Bowl and eventually lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. We remember that one, unfortunately. But the Packers right now with Jordan Love, somebody said like, Jordan Love obviously is a guy that's sat and he's developed and he developed behind Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, but now it's like Jordan Love is making plays and throws and doing things that are Aaron Rodgers-esque, yet less tooly in a sense. Like he's not as much of a, a tool in a sense. I mean, I can agree with that. But I think for what Jordan Love's been able to do, man, I have been blown away. And I was not surprised in the size. That's why I picked the Packers to win last week against the Cowboys. Jordan Love, from that moment that he threw that interception at PJ Locke in the Broncos game, from that moment forward, they went on a freaking tear, and he was playing really damn good football. In my opinion, I, I think the rest factor. You mentioned the starters for San Francisco not playing for like two weeks. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played for three weeks in a sense. I think that the Packers could play upset here. I'm going to go with the Packers playing upset spoils to the 49ers here this week. And that could also create some ripple effects of its own because if the 49ers lose, could they maybe move on from Kyle Shannon? I saw, something, I saw some NFL insider throw that out, which to me is wild, but... Once again, like it's about what do you do in the playoffs and the 49ers, they're, they're trying to get there. So interesting things there. I mean, how do you feel about this game? Who do you have as your pick for this big time matchup? I mean, if I was the 49ers, Cody, I'd be really worried about what's what's going on this weekend. I mean, the Packers have had their backs against the wall for a really long time now. I mean, for months, honestly, they've been playing must win football. And when you have a team that's been playing must win football for months, they're used to playing that the 49ers are not. So they've had things wrapped up for a really long time. And yes, there's a reason for that, because they've just dog walked pretty much everybody they've played this year. So I'm I'm really fighting against this. Uh, the Packers, man, the, I am buying what they are selling and have been for the last, you know, four, four to six weeks. And the 49ers, I'm like, they're so talented. It's like the, the they can screw up a lot in a game and they have such a margin yeah. for error that they can still find ways to win. So 
even if the 49ers play a bad game, it's like I'm teetering on the edge here of like who has the real advantage. I think it's plays hugely into the advantage of the Packers and their style that that this is being played in a warm weather climate. Not that they wouldn't have home field advantage in Green Bay, but just based on the way Jordan Love is playing right now, you don't want any cold weather screwing that up or or affecting it in any sort of way. So I think that plays into Green Bay's favor. I think that the Packers had the better quarterback. I don't. I just don't know, Cody. I'm going to take the 49ers to to play it on the safe side, but I love your upset pick here because I am buying what the Packers are selling, and I don't feel confident about a 49ers pick. But I'm going to say they have enough margin of error to get this one done. I had a brain fart on something as well. I said the last time that the Packers or 49ers played in a playoff game in San Francisco was whopping. It was, but the last time they actually played was last season, Aaron Rodgers' final year. And I remember the yes. 49ers, they went into Green Bay and they upset them in a snowy game. So that's me. I spaced that. I'm human. But, uh, you know, obviously I admit that, you know, I overlooked that there. But this is definitely going to be interesting. I think so much is contingent upon that 49ers defense is so aggressive. We talk about Fred Warner. We talk about obviously Nick Bosa, the impact that that guy can have in terms of pass rush. Jordan Love last week stood in the pocket while Micah Parsons did all these different things to try to get after him. Didn't shake his poise once. He's demonstrated that now. So to me, that's why I have a little more confidence right now in the Packers is you're going to see all that aggressiveness from the 49ers defense. You're going to see that type of pressure. And I don't think Jordan Love is going to be rattled by it unless he gets hit several times. And I'm hoping this could be an entertaining game where we don't get robbed of the scenario that we saw last year where obviously Brock Purdy got hurt on one play against the Eagles. And then that game turned out to be a crapshoot. I want to see both these guys, both quarterbacks, both teams stay healthy in this game. I think it could end up outside of the Texans and the Ravens being the potential game of the week here in the NFC Divisional Playoffs. Broncos country, we want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to win on the NFC side of things, the Bucks or the Lions? Or are we going to have the Packers and the 49ers? Who's going to come out on top of that to advance to the NFC Championship? We'd like to hear from you. Let us know in the YouTube comments down below or tweet us on social media at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Bettinger. One of the things we are going to dive deep into, though, this week, Broncos country, we'll be back for another episode of the show on Monday. One thing you can expect, we're going to dive deep into some of the questions that are surrounding this Broncos team. Three of the biggest questions surrounding Sean Payton as the team navigates this offseason. We'll dive deeper to that. We'll also recap some of the action from Divisional Week, and you can expect that on Monday's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.